another episode of the Climbing Hinge Podcast. She's just not attracted to me anymore. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about attraction. Just what is attraction? It's kind of this mysterious thing that people don't necessarily know how to describe. So what we're going to do on this podcast is a few things. Number one, we're going to give a definition of attraction. And can kind of define it the best that we can based upon the academic research that's been done on it. We're going to talk about attraction from an evolutionary, a biological, and a physiological perspective to kind of underpin our knowledge on what, exactly what attraction is. And then based upon that, we're going to put together a model that has three dimensions of attraction, physical and personality, P, uh, structural and status, S, and behavioral, B. So P, S, and B. And we're going to talk about each of those individually, what makes up those things, then what you can do to make yourself more attractive by improving your P, your S, and your B. All right, so let's get into the podcast here. What, what exactly is attraction? We kind of know what attraction is. It means something is being drawn and pulled our way. So we kind of have an idea of what attraction is, but what is it really? Well, from an evolutionary perspective, um, the research says that attraction evolved to ensure a couple of things. First of all, mate selection. So two people are attracted to each other um, and then they can mate to help uh, protection in the mating process. Your, your offspring, for example, you protect your mate. So that's one of the evolutionary uh, perspectives in how attraction has come about. But what exactly, what exactly provokes or incites attraction? Um, Helen Fisher, who is one of the um, noted top experts on the brain and love, which of things, and it's two main chemicals, um, neurotransmitters and hormones that are in the body. First one is dopamine, and we know dopamine is kind of a reward transmitter, has a lot to do with expectations. If I am excited about a concert that I'm going to go to, and then I go to the concert and it's wild and it totally exceeds my expectations, I'll get a big dopamine rush. If I anxious to see a girl on a date or my girlfriend and I see her, I'll get a dopamine rush and her touch can give me a dopamine rush. Dopamine also um, is uh, incited when you have experiences that are novel, new and challenging. So if I go parachuting, I might get a big dopamine rush from that. If I go parachuting with my girlfriend, I will associate her with that experience and that'll help me feel better about her. The other chemical, the adrenal norepinephrine, has to do with excitement. And so that is released when we're going and doing things that excite us with your partner, your girlfriend, your wife, to a concert, skydiving, things like that. 
So according to Helen Fisher, those are the two main chemicals that are involved in attraction. Um, separate from love, attraction is a precursor to love. Um, love is also um, involved with attachment and attachment comes about through different behaviors other than perhaps just attraction. So I'm with my partner, I feel safe. Um, my body releases oxytocin. I have a trusting interaction with my partner. My body releases oxytocin and vasopressin. Those are bonding neurotransmitters and they help two people to bond together. And then over time you develop a loving relationship. So attraction precedes love, of course. Um, but attraction doesn't equal love. You can be attracted to somebody physically and their personality and maybe never fall in love with them. All right, so that's kind of a working definition on the things that, that trigger attraction. Now let's go through some, some factors on a chemistry standpoint, um, from a biological and also from a cognitive standpoint. From a biological, physiological standpoint, one of the theories on attraction is that two people will be attracted to each other if they have complementary DNA. Um, and how that works is that if two people have complementary DNA, their offspring will have a greater variety within their DNA and they will be more immune to pathogens, less likely to die of disease. And what happens is that under this theory um, developed by Wiedekind um, is that if I am come in contact with somebody who has a dissimilar DNA to mine, so it's complementary to mine, not overlapping, what happens is their body um, releases pheromones, some odorless, smells, some have some odor to them, and that I will sense it and pick up on it subconsciously because a lot of it's odorless and that creates chemistry. I, I don't smell it but I react to it and it makes me want that person. So if you've ever had um, a relationship with somebody, because I know I have, and you're with that person and you just lust after them and you can't really describe why, this could be the reason why. You, you two have immense chemistry. So, or you don't. I can come into contact with somebody. We could have dissimilar DNAs. We could have an incredible chemistry. I could be attracted to another woman and we have similar um, DNA. So it's, it's not complementary, it's overlapping. And we might not have that wild chemistry, that wild attraction. I might be attracted to her, she's beautiful, but it just doesn't do something to me. That theory of dissimilar complementary um, DNAs explains perhaps some of these ideas about how chemistry comes about. So it's important to know that sometimes you just have chemistry or you don't have it. Now that theory um, developed by Wiedekind, some people aren't big believers in it, but there's quite a bit of evidence to support it. And we know in other animals in the animal kingdom, Research has shown that this is true. So that's a theory of how chemistry develops. Another thing from a cognitive standpoint is involved something called schemas. Or schemas are like blueprints. And what happens is as you experience different things in life, so I might grow up, 
I'm exposed to certain types of females in my life, my mother, my sister, other people that I, I come into contact with, and I develop a blueprint or an imprint on a type of woman. And then as I am dating other women, those women become more familiar to me, and I develop a model or a schema associated with those women. And then over time, what happens is that usually somebody develops a quote-unquote type. So a lot of people have a type of woman that they're attracted to. So perhaps I might be attracted to women that are five foot two to five foot four, not real skinny, good, nice, curvaceous body, um, perhaps an accent. And that might be my type. And if I meet an attractive girl who fits my schema, we might have good chemistry. And then if she is a woman that I have dissimilar DNA to, complementary DNA that doesn't overlap, one of the things you got to understand about chemistry is it's kind of like a roll in the dice. I could meet a lot of attractive women, but maybe not fitting the role of my schemas or fitting um, the DNA profile so I don't have that wild chemistry. Another thing that is important is similarity. Um, a lot of times we're attracted to another person who supports our self-concept of ourselves within the world. And so similarity in many ways can breed attraction also. All right, so we've kind of talked about the evolutionary origins of attraction. We've talked about some of the factors that drive chemistry, schemas, DNA, um, similarity, and things like that. Now what we're going to talk about is three factors and three dimensions of attraction that we can have some greater control over in terms of how we attract our mates. And this is going to be our PSB model. And the P stands for physical and personality, kind of what you see and what you encounter with somebody. It's kind of the first stage of attraction. S has to do with structural and status. So in structure, my, it's what I own, my assets, my house, my car, my apartment, um, my wealth, my money, my status, my my social influence, my education, my job, those kind of things. And B is behavioral. How do I behave? Do I behave in safe, positive ways with my partner? Or do I behave in controlling ways that make her re want to reject me? All right, so let's get into P, S, and B. And then as we talk through P, S, and B, we're going to talk about specific things you can do in each of those to make you more attractive to your mate. Okay, so PSB, P, physical personality, S, structural status, B, behavioral. And the order in which they kind of evolve, um, P is usually first. You meet somebody, um, physically you're attracted to them. Um, you might like their personality, they're an introvert or they're an extrovert, the way they talk, the way they laugh, their personality turns you on. It's fun to be with that person. Um, and that's the first layer of attraction. And then you're meeting that person um, and then you're, you start to be exposed to their behavior and kind of their, their status at the same time. And those things can drive further attraction. Now, a woman might be dating a guy. He's really attractive looking. She, he has chemistry with her. 
But then she finds out, you know, he's not really that motivated, so her attraction will lower and she'll um, kind of toss him to the side. Or she might find out that his behaviors are somewhat disconcerting. Um, she might start to see controlling behavior or needy behavior. And both of those um, are rejected by the female for a good reason. So that's kind of the order that which things evolve. So we're going to start with P first, physical and personality. And what are the attributes that fit within this? So uh, on personality, it's things like, is he an introvert or is he an extrovert? Um, what is, how do they behave? What do they like to do for fun? Is this person, do I get along with this person? Do they have a similar personality in many ways? So personality has to do with those types of things. Physical um, obviously has to do with your physical properties. How do you look? What does your body look like? What does your face look like? How do you smell? What does your skin look like? Your coloration, is it moisturized? Is it dry? What does your hair look like? Is it messy? Is it styled and cut? All those things will add to your attractiveness, your physical attractiveness. Okay, so a couple of things on physical attractiveness that we know is that people and or men and women that have good body symmetry are known to be more attractive to the opposite sex. So body symmetry means um, both sides of you are, are proportionally equal. And body symmetry signals better genes, better DNA, more healthy. So women looking, looking for men to, to a man, all things being equal, that has greater body symmetry. Some of the features that women might be attracted to are strong facial features, masculine, a strong jaw, strong cheekbones, things like that, signal greater masculinity and typically signal higher levels of testosterone as well. Now, some women will like a guy with a beard or some women will like a guy with tattoos. Those things will typically fall into a schema, right? The woman has developed a model or an imprint of the type of guy that turns her on. And that's, again, like we said, due to her experiences in life, the, her past mates, um, things that she's become familiar with and thus attracted to. Other things uh, around body, of course, is body um, fitness, um, muscularity, strength. Is this person in good shape or are they a little out of shape? Things like that. By the way, just as a note, the greater um, the fat intake that you have on your body, so men that develop a quote unquote a pot belly, what happens is that the more fat that you have in your uh, belly area, Typically what happens is less testosterone you produce. So as you're getting fatter, your body produces less testosterone. That decreases your status-seeking aggressive behavior and you can become kind of domesticated. And that happens a lot too. And then guys kind of lose that edge and women become less attracted to them. So staying physically fit has a lot of positives. It helps you to stay at a higher level of testosterone helps you to be more physically attractive to women because women will see you and, and subconsciously judge you as a better mate um, in terms of fitness, right? 
Okay, a couple of other things um, around physical properties are your skin color and your tone of your skin. Does your skin look healthy? If it's dried out and marked, a woman will assess you both consciously and unconsciously as a less, lesser mate, less attractive. So keep your skin in good condition, moisturize it. Um, do those positive things with your skin so you're looking fresh and vibrant. Lots of skin um, things that you can use, moisturizers and lotions and things like that, and washing your face and get rid of the dry skin. That woman will notice these things much more so um, than men, so keep that in mind. Your hair, your hairstyle, what does it look like? Is it, do you need to freshen it up? Um, so women are looking at that as well. Now obviously different hairstyles are, are more in vogue in different areas of the country or the world or different age groups for men. But keep that in mind too, if a fresh cut haircut and, and nice razored edges on the bottom, women are attracted to things like that. Another thing to do with physicality is how you smell. What's your odor? Are you using a cologne? Um, most women will be attracted to a good cologne. So if you're smelling good, your skin's in good shape, you have a fresh haircut, fresh shaved, um, and you're smiling and looking good, um, you're gonna be more attractive. Another thing is your clothes. How are you dressing? You can sharpen up your wardrobe. Anyways, when it comes to pee, the physical, there's all kinds of things you can do each day, each week, to kind of keep sharp on your pee and improving. You can be working out, lifting weights, you can be jogging, running, you can be doing nature walks, you can be doing yoga, you can be stretching, all kinds of things to keep in shape. If you're not in shape, if you're a little bit older, yeah, this is a great opportunity for you to do a little bit more work and improve your pee, get in shape. Um, just as a caveat, if you're trying to re reunite with a, with a partner, so things have perhaps grown stale and you've broken up, you're trying to get back together, or you're trying to keep things vibrant, keep in mind that unless your pee has dropped significantly, improving it's going to help. But typically where you're gonna get the biggest bang for the buck is on behavioral. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more later. But you can work out, you can diet, um, you can get a new haircut, you can get some new cologne, you can do some um, stuff with moisturizers and skin lotion, um, you can go out shopping and get some new clothes and freshen up. All those things are gonna make you physically more attractive to your mate. If you've been married for a while, and you've put on, you know, 20, 30 pounds, perhaps, over the time of a marriage, perhaps it's time to um, shed some of that, start jogging, start working out, get yourself more attractive. By the way, like we said before, if you've grown a pot belly, what that's gonna do is your testosterone's gonna decrease. You're gonna get more mild-mannered, more domesticated, you're gonna lose that edge, and you're gonna be less attracted to your mate. We're going to talk about that. Women are attracted to status-seeking men. We're going to talk about what that means. So every day, focus on what you can do with your pee, your physical and your, your personality to improve. All right, let's talk about S, the second leg of the stool, the second dimension. So S has to do with structural status. 
the good analogy on this is rock stars. Rock stars are attractive to women. Women love rock stars. Why? They have fame, they have status, and they have a lot of structure. They got fast cars, they got a big house on the beach. Um, they have both things going for them. They got money, right? Now rock stars, and I've worked with a couple of well-known rock stars in the past as clients, they may not be the best behaviorally <laughs> in the relationship, but they sure can attract women. If they could put the B together, the behavioral part, then they would have all the pieces putting together, wouldn't they? Um, so, structural and status has to do with your, your things that you have, for example, your house, your car, um, your assets, your bank account. Women are attracted to those things. Why? because it tells them that you will be able to support and provide and protect a family. And if you're a woman and you're looking for a man and a mate to have a family with, you want to know that your mate can help provide for those things. That doesn't have to be at a rock star status, but it has to be at a level that the woman is aspiring to or accustomed to. Um, so that has to do with structure. Status has to do with things like your career, your job, your social status, your group of friends. Do you have a lot of male friends? Do you have a lot of friends, period, that want to be hanging around with you? That signals to a woman that you're popular. And if you're popular, you're high value, you're high status, right? And so that signals to a woman the things that you want her to see. Your education level. What is your education level versus hers? Um, can you improve your educational level? Can you do things to improve and become more articulate and knowledgeable about things? What's your mission and purpose in life? Do you really have a sound mission and purpose? Do you get fired up over something? Um, women are, are attracted to men like that. If you look back in the history of uh, how this evolved, over time when, when human beings operated in small clans, groups of about 150 on the prairie ranges, women would want to be mating with the higher ranking men in the clan. And why? Because that man would be able to provide greater things for her and any offsprings, food, um, status, things like that. The medicine man, the chief hunter, the chieftain of the tribe, right? Women would aspire to mate with those men. And so women would be looking for status seeking men that were going to rise up the ranks because if a woman had um, children with that man, that man would be better able to take care of them. So women very instinctually are attracted to men that are status seeking, men that are aspiring to do something, men that are aspiring to be someone that signals to a woman positive things. He can provide and pr protect me and my offsprings. Okay, so you can do things to improve your, your S all the time, your structural status. What can you do? You can improve your job. You can get a better paying job. You can improve your education. You can take some more classes, get another degree, self-learn, self-talk to become more articulate about things. Um, you can expand your group of friends, your male tribe. If you're married and you don't have male friends in a male tribe, I would urge you to, to start adding some friends and be doing things. Don't just become domesticated and become the soccer dad or the hockey dad. That's usually a route to a woman losing her attraction to you because you've become domesticated. 
Um, if you're fluent in some of the psychological skills, such as scarcity, social proof, intermittent reinforcement, you can use those as tools to signal to a woman your value and your status. All right? So that's S. So you can do P things every day. You can do S things every day to improve your S and then become more attractive. Finally, let's move on to B, behavioral. And B is usually where a lot of relationships um, go wrong because when men do negative behaviors, it causes women to be fearful, anxious, stressed, paranoid, feel threatened, things like that. If you're doing positive things, you're making her feel accepted, heard, acknowledged, respected, you're doing things that allow her to be happy, to feel special, to feel desired, then your behaviors are positive and they're gonna to contribute to her having positive emotions towards you. I can tell you without a doubt that if you are doing negative behaviors over a long enough period of time and your partner is feeling anxious, stressed, fearful, threatened, agitated, annoyed and if those things continue long enough almost always eventually at some point in time whether it's months or a year or years the woman will end the relationship as an interesting stat i saw about 46 percent of married women with kids said that their husband stresses them out more than their kids that's not a good formula for success. If I was those 46%, if I'm one of those guys, I should be worried about the future of my marriage. All right, so what we wanna do when it comes to behaviors is focus on behaviors that allow your partner and mate to feel safe, accepted, respected, kindness. If you look at the research, women are very attracted to men that are kind. Um, I'm not talking about being nice and agreeable, kind, kind acts, supportive acts. Women are also attracted to men that are quote unquote dominant, not domineering and controlling, but dominant in their behaviors means they look at their body language. Men that gesticulate with their hands when they're talking and use body language and use solid and extended eye contact are viewed as being more dominant. That is very attractive to women. So women are observing men's body language and behavior. And if a man has expressive body language that is quote unquote called dominant, it's more attractive to a woman. It signals to the woman that he's dominant and status seeking, so it's attractive. If you are a free and loving man, meaning you love a woman, not conditionally, but unconditionally, you will be more attractive to a woman. Why? Because she will know and feel that she can trust you even when she's going through her emotional storms. If I'm a woman and I'm going through emotional storms, I'm feeling vulnerable and angry, whatever, and I see that my mate, my partner, can accept me how I am, I can trust him. Not easy to do, hard, but very powerful. If I am quote unquote unaffected in the face of my partner's storms, meaning I don't act negative when she is stormy, when she's angry or when she's vulnerable or when she's retreating or escaping, 
she will have a greater ability to feel safe and trust me because I'm not reacting to the whims of her storms. If I behave in negative ways, if I am needy or controlling, she will eventually reject those behavior, behaviors. Needy men are disgusting to women. Disgusting. Men that are controlling are dangerous to women. So women will eventually reject those men. Needy and controlling are at the opposite ends of the spectrum, right? So needy and controlling men elicit negative um, emotions in women. Women will feel stressed, anxious, fearful, threatened. And if the man does too many of those things over a long enough period of time, she'll reject him and leave the relationship. If you're behaving in ways that are not respectful towards her, if you're behaving in ways that are egregious or hurtful to her and you do it long enough, her anger will grow. If you are a man that cannot acknowledge and allow a woman to be heard, what happens then? Well, a woman who is not heard because the man doesn't know how to accept her expressions, what she does is she stops telling him things and she stops expressing herself. And then a year later, she asks for a divorce and the man says, how come you didn't tell me you felt this way? And she says, I can't because you don't listen. That's what happens. So being present and allowing yourself to have the skills, which is not easy, um, to be accepting and to acknowledge and hear your partner will allow them to express themselves and for them to feel accepted and feel much more special and loving and warm towards you. All right, so those are behavioral things. And you can practice these things. For example, we have a podcast on being unaffected. If you want to practice being unaffected, you have to practice and understand how to do it. Check out that podcast. We have a podcast on practicing loving behavior. Check out that podcast so you can practice loving behavior. We have a podcast on respect. If you're not sure what respect-worthy qualities are and, and how you need to treat your partner with respect, check out that podcast. So a lot of behavioral stuff. You can focus on behavioral stuff and, and do rehearsals, practices, ex practice extended eye contact, which is really powerful for building trust. You can do those things each day. You can do it for five minutes, what I call mirror work, in front of the mirror, practicing and rehearsing these things. Okay, so those are the three dimensions, the three legs of the stool of attraction. Physical and personality, how you look, how you kind of act, Structural and status, what you have, the assets you have, your status-seeking behavior, your education, your friends, your, your, your social level, your social value. There's things that you can do to improve your S every day. Never forget that. And your B, there's things that you can do to improve your behaviors. Practice being unaffected. Practice being free and loving. Practice loving behaviors. Practice respect-worthy qualities. All of these things you can do to tighten up your PSB to make you more attracted to your mate. Like we said before, if you're in a, a serious situation where your mate is leaving you or wants, your wife wants a separation and divorce, your B is probably gonna be your biggest bang for your buck. You can improve your P, and especially if you've let your P go, you've gained weight, you don't you dress kinda slouchy, um, you can sharpen up your pee, that will help. 
it's probably not going to be enough as, in, in and of itself to get her back. It's probably going to be focused more on B stuff, your behaviors, right? But P helps, S helps. If you can improve your S a lot and you can become a rock star and your B is improving, guess what? You probably have a really good chance of reuniting with your loved one. Okay, so on this episode of the podcast, we talked about what attraction is, and we kind of gave a definition in terms of what Helen Fisher says, the chemi chemicals involved, um, dopamine and, and parapinine. We talked about the evolutionary and biological physiological factors, the chemistry, what, what creates chemistry. And then we talked about P, S, and B, physical personality, structural status, and behavioral factors that you can know and you can improve each and every day to become more attractive to your partner. All right, so once again, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Climbing Henge Podcast.